Welcome to the Master It Podcast. I'm your host, Allie McGee. The Master It community is composed of individuals who want to show up as the best version of themselves every single day. We are dedicated to creating small, tiny daily improvements that compound over time for a massive transformation. We act with kindness, integrity, compassion, and grace to ourselves and others around us. We show up ready to learn, be inspired, and inspire others to be great. We lean into the discomfort of change and growth knowing we'll be better humans coming out of it, like a phoenix rising from the ashes. So glad to have you here and let's get to it. Hello and welcome to the Master It Podcast. I'm your host, Ali McGee, and I am so glad to have you here. So glad that you decided to hit play on this episode. It's going to be a great one. Per usual, we just have a lot of fun around here. We learn a lot, we grow a lot, and we talk about the real stuff, which kind of brings me into today's episode, which is all about healthcare and communication. So let me ask you this. Have you ever stepped into a doctor's visit and had a million questions to ask before you got there, only to sit down in the visit forget them all and leave like you didn't accomplish everything that you wanted during the visit. Please know you are not alone. I personally have done this so many times and I felt defeated. I felt like I was sucked out of a lot of money, co-pays, all the things. So I'm so excited to sit down with Kathy Falco, who is a registered nurse turned health communication coach. So after working as a nurse for 15 years, she has discovered what makes patients feel so frustrated during their health journey and was able to pinpoint it down to the patient-doctor conversations happening and ultimately leading to miscommunication and unmet expectations. Kathy helps women talk to their doctor that moves beyond the familiar conversations to help you feel heard, understood, and get the most from each visit. So before we jump into today's wonderful episode, I'll invite you to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, drop a five-star written review. It is the best way to support the show. It's how we're able to continue to grow and build out the Master It community. All right, let's dive into this one. It is freaking juicy and jam-packed with information. I'm so excited for you guys to hear it. So without further ado, here's Kathy Falco. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Master It Podcast. I'm here with Kathy Falco, who is a health communication coach, and I'm just so freaking excited to sit down and chat with her because she has this amazing background in healthcare and she's about to transform the world and help women feel heard in healthcare. So thank you so much, Kathy, for coming on the show. Thank you, Allie. It's great to be here. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm so glad that we connected in the Conscious Copy Incubator with Jennifer Hootie's brand, Conscious Copy. I've met a lot of really amazing people. And just for some reason, I had this gut instinct. I was like, reach out. Like, we've got to get her on the podcast. And so I'm so glad that we made it happen and we're here now. Thank you. Yeah. We can just jump right into it. Can you share a little bit about yourself, your educational background, and then how you basically got into health communication coaching? 
Sure, thank you. I am, first I like to describe myself as an ever-evolving human being. Mm. (laughs) And my business too is ever-evolving. And I um, have a master's degree in nursing. And I've I've been a nurse over a span of uh, 20 years. Um, I um, changed jobs and had different roles. And so collectively, I define myself as having a shorter period of time, but I've been in healthcare for a much longer period of time. I went into nursing um, really based on communication and um, thinking about patient advocacy. And that came from um, my childhood. I was 10 years old, um, went to the hospital for the first time ever, didn't even know what this space was. And I had an awful experience and, and I was just a visitor, but it was the way I was spoken to. And that day I promised myself that I um, was going to figure out what they did in this place so that my family didn't have to feel the way I was made to feel that day and that I could also help other people. And so uh, it was a long journey to get to the opportunity to um, get to nursing school, but I did. And then while I was in school, I ended up um, going to what I called the most mysterious place in the hospital, which was the intensive care unit where patients were on um, ventilators. And that's where I worked. And I thought I was going to stay. And I loved all things about the heart and taking care of cardiac patients. And so I thought I was going to spend the next 20 or 30 years there. But um, during that time, I, I loved learning to teach Uh, family and support family um, when they were, especially because they were in crisis with a family uh, member in critical care. But I also started hearing how we fail families and patients with um, gaps in our information, um, the timeliness of our information. And that nagging 10-year-old voice in me was just, um, I think something else is, um, is on the horizon for you. And what I didn't know was that I would leave there a few years later and um, my career would change in in the way that actually groomed me for what I do now. But at the time, it all seemed like very confusing. And I went from um, being a hospital nurse into home care. And that was the biggest leap for me and the biggest lessons that I learned that Although we were great people in the hospital and we worked our tails off and we really cared, something wasn't really matching when we sent patients home. So I would go into their home to visit with them and I thought, oh my gosh, I was basically sweating trying to figure out which doctor said this and what was the the next plan and what were you supposed to do. And, you know, I also learned that these patients, I would knock on their door to come in to their home and they would welcome me in like their trust in healthcare professionals is profound. I mean, really think about when you're like at your most vulnerable, the kind of trust that you you're giving. And that was just so remarkable to me that they would just let me into their home like that. And I really, I was honored by that and honored the trust that they gave me. So when my, um, during that time, I also worked in a nursing home. I went, um, I was uh, seeing patients in an assisted living community. So I got to see patients kind of wherever they went, into the hospital, from their home, back out, into the nursing home. And it really gave me a very clear idea of what their journey is. And it's, it's a journey 
um, that takes a lot of um, guts and a lot of resilience to stay in. And, um, and I, I really learned more about compassion and in just understanding that we really, we really have to understand that the patient really doesn't understand it because we haven't made them understand. So, and here's the thing, women in particular, they come with their own wisdom, they come with their insight and their intuitiveness. So we just, my, my love of what I do is really just refining that a little bit, the little nuances that really make their confidence shine and that they can step in, not only for themselves or for others. After my work in home care, I came back to California. Uh, I, I started in California and I, then I worked in Connecticut for family reasons. I went there and then came back to California. And I thought that I was going to go back to a hospital and work on how we take care of patients when they leave the hospital, because that's where I saw one of the biggest um, gaps. But when I went back to the hospital, I thought, I'm a changed person. I, this isn't where I want to stay. And what I wanted to do wasn't really being received as what I thought it would be. Like, I just thought, I really have some way to fix this. <laughs> and nobody else seemed to think I had the fix. So I started, I went back to school. And I was looking for anything that reflected what it was that I was specifically wanting to do. And I spent years and uh, studying and in my research projects to figure out exactly what, a, what it was that I wanted. And the closest I got was discovering how it is that a patient transitions through care. So um, that was, became my focus. And then I realized that I really needed to focus on advocacy and helping someone to move through their care. So I ended up taking this exciting role as a nurse navigator. And if you don't know what it is, don't, as I said, I completely understand. I had doctors and other nurses asking me what I did. And I had patients asking me, what do you do? And some of those patients were nurses and doctors too. And I would say, you know, let me give you my business card. And if something comes up, please give me a call. And, you know, they would call because that's just what happens on the way to needing care. There's glitches, a problem comes up, a miscommunication. And it was my absolute pleasure to ease their journey and it was my absolute number one goal um, to have them feel cared about, cared for when um, their, their care was completed with us. And so whenever I got a call back that said, Kathy, we need nurse navigators everywhere. I was like, oh, you know, I, I'm doing what it is that is the good in the world. And so, and then this voice started nagging in me again that I needed to do this for more people. 
And instead of, you know, my controlled amount at the hospital of patients that I was serving. And so I stepped out and I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what I was going to be doing, but I started talking to women. And as things emerged, it was really about um, getting our doctors to listen. And I would not have said that when I stepped out, but through the listening, through the understanding um, of these women's voices, I said, that's the direction that I need to go in. And so that's how I ended up as a health communication coach for women. And I love guiding women to use, again, their own intuition, their own insight, their own wisdom to have really a much more clear, more valuable conversation with their doctor. Because that conversation, it really creates the roadmap to your health journey. And you deserve one that gives you certainty and confidence and clarity so that your energy is spent on the healing that needs to be done or your energy is spent on celebrating that, wow, you know, I'm, I'm healthy for another year. And that's what we really have to celebrate. And so that my goal is to remove what uh, makes you worry, what, what you think about going like, oh, I don't know how to say this because every day in your life, you make decisions on your health. Should I eat that? Should I not eat that? Right. And we're bombarded with all of this information too. And then it becomes, um, should I move? Should I move more you know? And so this is every day this is happening. And then, so maybe you've gone six months a year and now you have 15 minutes and you have to tell what, it is that you're there for. So it's a time management thing too that I teach, right? So how do we take all of this, all of you, because it's all important, but bring it into that um, moment that you get. And that's what I love doing. I'm bad at yoga. A statement I hear way too often when I share with people that I'm going through yoga teacher training. The truth? Yoga is the ultimate mirror and coach. Contrary to what you might believe, you don't have to be good, flexible, or strong. Yoga meets you where you're at, so there's no need to be or get good before you get to your mat. Throughout your journey with yoga, you'll find greater self-awareness, cultivate more compassion and kindness for yourself. With time, you'll notice that you start to speak differently to yourself. It'll be gentle and with more grace, and you'll finally be able to sit with the darkest parts of yourself that you once couldn't face. This shift, it transfers off the mat and into your relationships with friends, family, colleagues, and significant others. The hardest part of the journey, getting to your mat. Make getting to your mat easier and begin your transformative yoga journey with a life simplified yoga mat. I have an exclusive discount for my Master It podcast listeners. You can use the code podcast for 15% off your yoga mat. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T for 15% off your mat. Shop now at lifesimplified.shop. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. From a life filled with anxiety, always being in a constant state of worry and unable to regulate my emotions, 
Therapy has helped me turn my life around in the most positive way. After working with a therapist, I no longer am paralyzed with anxiety and can truly show up as the best version of myself each day. And when those moments of anxiety do fizzle up, I now have the awareness and tools to handle it with confidence. I'll tell you this, without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news, therapy works. You might be asking, what exactly is therapy? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships, struggling to find a work-life balance, or not dealing with stress well. If this is the way you're feeling, you are not alone. These are normal human struggles that we all go through, so don't feel ashamed if this is you right now. You deserve to be happy and feeling good about your life. The best part? Help is easier and closer than you think. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you can get help right from the comfort of your own home. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. With thousands of therapists to choose from, you're sure to find someone who feels aligned with you. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Master It listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash master it. That's betterhelp.com slash master it. Link is in the show notes to get started today. You bring up so many great points, just kind of touching back on what one of the first things you talked about, about how healthcare professionals, um, they're almost held to this next level because we are helping people in their most vulnerable state. I mean, I that totally struck a chord with me. I remember when I was working in the, in the lab drawing blood. Um, like even just having patients arm extended like this and you're about to draw blood, like people are so vulnerable. And so you have to be on your A game. You have to be doing your best. Um, because you basically get one, maybe two shots (laughs) and then people are like, no more, you know, I don't want that. Um, but it really just, I remembered how much almost coaching I would have to do even before I would touch the patient before drawing. And so it's like, you really have to build that credibility and that, um, that trust with, um, with the patient. So I was like, wow, I'm like, so glad you brought that up because it bleeds over into no pun intended bleeds over into every other, um, aspect in healthcare. And so I think that's why healthcare professionals, whether you're working on the clinical side or even the administrative side, like it's so important that your job is done and done well, because we're not just like filing paperwork for people's like cars or like insurance or things like that. It's like people's lives. So like if, you know, test results didn't get out to the patient, like someone is waiting, like a real human being is waiting on the other Mm -hmm. end for those results. Like, it's not just something that we can like, oh, like they didn't get it. Uh Uh-oh. Like no big deal. That was like one of a hundred. It's like, no, that's still one person Mm -hmm. who like, that could have been for, you know, an INR or whatever it is for like, you know, um, a really important test Mm -hmm. that like they needed to get back. You know, it's, we don't know. 
So we have to treat everything like it's very extremely important. So I'm really glad that you mentioned that. And then kind of moving later to what you just recently said of, okay, we have a year to talk about our entire life and everything that's happened. And we have about 15 minutes with the physician to like sit down and like almost spill everything that's gone on. Mm-hmm. Maybe my next question for you is, how do we do that in a productive manner where we don't let almost like this white coat hypertension mm-hmm. seep through and like it's just like anxiety while we're sitting in the doctor's office? And how do we really make good use of our time there? Because even as someone who works in healthcare, I go and I sit in the patient seat and everything flips. Mm-hmm. It's I it's like I've never been in a doctor's office before. Like I've got massive anxiety. I'm trying to, I know like the clock is ticking. So I need to be really resourceful with my time and kind of like spit out everything that I think they should know. But sometimes you don't know what you don't know. And it can be very just overwhelming to say the least. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And and in those 15 minutes, I also like to add at the, the close, what about tomorrow? right because we're we're going to bring in the last year to this visit but i need you to tell me about my tomorrows so there's a lot to pack in and i what i i know comes from my experience there was there was never a luxury uh while i was working for nurses to talk to doctors so that doesn't exist in in that work environment either so I had to learn how to I always say talk like Twitter mm-hmm. <laughs> I always had I always had to learn how to uh, start with what's most important and um, and then get a response and then lead into what I wanted to say next by using a word or two that would be the bridge to what was coming next. So that's how I teach. Because as soon as you say, I have a, a few things to ask you, or I have... <laughs> and really what questions are, are we're clarifying. So, you know, you can say, I want to clarify. Um, because a lot of, um, you know, everybody's an individual. And I say individualizing your care isn't the challenge. It's the benefit. So the more you know about you and what you want, the more clear you can be to your doctor. But who's ever told you to think like that? No one. So I work so much on the front end to set expectations, to say, this is the business part of you seeing your doctor. Here's the health seeking part. Let's focus on this. If the other stuff comes up, it gets in the way. We'll handle that, but let's let's stay focused on the health seeking part. And so, knowing how to uh, start conversation, what what the parts of the conversation are, how to close the conversation, and then how to have a cheat sheet, not whipping out a binder <laughs> where someone's going to be like, "I don't have time to read that," but to really introduce yourself as this is who I am. This was my history in a format that I doctors are great at. So it is remarkable, <laughs> remarkable what doctors remember, who they remember, the parts. It's remarkable. It's wild. <laughs> I don't understand. 
It is. It is. So I, all of those nuances, I, I work with when I work with women to build a, a healthier conversation with their doctor, because I want to, I want to partner the two and I want to lift doctors up just as much as, I mean, sometimes when you're getting your care, you can just, I just feel like your shoulders are down. You just feel so beaten down, like no one's listening. The insurance is this. I mean, this is no way to get healthy. This is no way. And, and most, most patients I've met, both male and female, really, they want to work with their doctor. They want to do what their doctor tells them. But often the further you get away from the conversation you had with the doctor, the less you remember the less you remember clearly. And so the less you participate in your own care. So that's what I like to have a remedy for because I want women's shoulders lifted, going like, I'm going to care for my for myself and just go in there confidently to partner with their doctor. And I want doctors to go like, dang, I want every patient coming in here like this. And by the way, there's no phones ringing because there's no need for as much follow-up because we're, we're saying it and we're understanding it while we're in the visit. One of the things I've loved about stepping out and figuring out what this business of mine was going to be was listening to what women wanted. And I, I started public speaking because well, I didn't want to be boring. <laughs> so I started public speaking and asking for feedback and critiques and stuff. And then that led me to uh, learn the art of storytelling and become a storyteller. And growing my business, I learned about business and entrepreneurship. And that's living with a mind that imagines and, and, and creates. And that was like extraordinary to bring creativity into an, what uh, a doctor's visit, a doctor's conversation could be, because that I'm sure is not something that you can find in research. <laughs> it's not, but that's, but that's how we live. We, we live um, seeing something new every day, being sold something new every day. So why are we having the same old conversation with our doctor? Which by the way, no one's really, as far as I know, no one's really been taught to do. It's kind of like, it comes up organically. It's whoever you happen to get as a doctor at some point in your life, you kind of go like, oh, that's how it goes. And then you just kind of repeat that. And maybe it was a good business arrangement at one time, but now that really isn't working. It's not working. And I truth, I really believe that women can change the conversations with doctors that will eventually change the overall health of this nation and change healthcare itself. Mm. Because when you go in with more understanding of you and more clearly identified specific items that you want to find out about, maybe that doctor has the answer for you. Maybe you discover you have to seek it somewhere else. When you're more specific like that, that's going to be a change. And so, you know, you might get pushback when you say, hell, I, I read the last notes and this is what it said. And, and I've had a doctor say, oh, 
well, we were running behind. So um, I didn't do that. What, what would you, what did you read? And, you know, I, I'm not bothered by that, but I'm, I'm glad to hear a doctor say, wow, tell me what you found out because what they are asked to do um, is more than just have that conversation with the patient that day too. So really we need to work with our doctors. And like I said, that, that patient doctor connection is really the center of our care. And again, as I said, it starts the roadmap to our journey and how clear you are on the specifics of what happened during that appointment is what will help you communicate better as you move away from the doctor and go have tests or go have a procedure or go see another doctor. So that is my goal. Mm, Love that. Do you have maybe an example of an easy way to come with specifics ready for that office visit, whatever they, that might look like? So my first recommendation is how, if you think of a doctor and how many patients they see a day, if you could give your doctor an idea of how you arrive that day, the doctor will less likely have to turn into the detective to figure out why it is that you're there, right? So if you start by, I can say, hi, I'm Kathy. I was referred by Dr. Stevenson. So now doctor knows that I was a referral patient. That's key. Or I say, oh, I I wasn't referred by a doctor. That Either one is really important. I'm here to, for you to evaluate my elbow. No one else has seen it yet. So now doctor already knows there's no x-ray, there's no MRI, there's no CT scan and probably no labs. And, and you could say, you know, the last time I had any tests done were five years ago because the doctor is going to want to know how long ago it was that you had tests because we're really concerned about not repeating things or not doing unnecessary tests. So that's, that's the setup. That's the setup to, to let the doctor know you're on board, you know what's going on with you, and, um, and now you want your elbow evaluated. Wow. Oh my, I'm just like, I'm like, my mind is blown. Um, I'm just thinking how short and concise it is. You know, talk like Twitter, it's coming out right now. The doctor knows exactly what to look for, what notes they may or may not have to gather from another office. I remember working Mm -hmm. in primary care and, you know, patients come in for physicals and it's like, oh, they have cards, they have, you know, poem, they have every type of specialist underneath the sun and the physician like needs to see all of those notes. And so it can be really Mm -hmm. an extensive lengthy visit if they don't know where anything's coming from. So I think coming prepared and just being able to have that short blurb and be able to communicate that to your doctor is huge. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it's, it's about Going back to, you know, doctors being amazing at what they remember. And even if you had that on your cheat sheet, which I recommend and I teach how to put together, doctors can look at that and they'll figure you out in a heartbeat, Mm. right? Because they know the course of care for a patient, but they don't know where you've been exactly. Mm. So a doctor's name, the treatment, the date of treatment, just that. You don't need the whole big report, but sometimes 
having the little clipping from I'm all about saving trees and not needing unnecessary paperwork. But if you're not looking at your reports and your information in your um, patient portal, you're at a, at a disadvantage because you're asking yourself to do what we've been asking patients to do. Go by memory. <laughs> Remember everything that was said. And um, that's, that's challenging ourselves in a way that's not conducive to our health. So um, looking at your notes and then um, refreshing. So once you work with me to establish your history, your background, your um, family, your genetics for genetic purposes and things, things that run in your family, once you establish that, then you can add to it. Mm. So, um, but I, through story, through um, studying about memory and, and changing habits, I have ways to teach that, my goodness, I always want it to be fun and, and, and easy, like, because everything else can be so heavy. So, and the more you become aware, the more something triggers in us that's like, oh yeah, I remember that. And one of the most wonderful testimonials I got was um, from a woman who was listening to me speak. And this has happened on more than uh, one occasion, but someone was listening to me speak. And about a year later, she got in touch with me and she said, I really didn't know what you were talking about when I heard you talk, but I heard you in my head when I was with my doctor and my diagnosis would have been delayed if I didn't know how to ask what it was that I wanted. And so that's why I just keep talking to bring awareness because sometimes uh, a younger woman may be helping their mother or grandmother or a father through their care. And it's like, what is going on? So um, it just, it depends on each person's unique perspectives and unique experiences. And that's what I bring into my work too. Mm. There's no stamp, solid, this is what you have to do. But there is a framework so that the framework guides you because the conversation is going to take off in a direction that you probably didn't realize. But then you'll be able to bring it back in and say, oh, there were these couple other things. And, and if you do have to follow up, you can do so in an email and you already have those points. It's not like, Oh, you left, you had to go. Where did I park my car? <laughs> or, you know, you're hanging up off of your telephone visit and now you got to get back to work on Zoom and you forget. You already have it there. So um, you're honoring yourself because for me, this is all about self-love, self-compassion and, you know, honoring uh, ourselves and, and not abandoning. Like, okay, well, I'll get back to that. You know, just staying, being able to stay on it, understand our human condition. It's just what we, what we experience, who we are, but to give yourself the best chance of really grabbing the most value for your health. And a measure of success is, can you have a conversation with your doctor and then have dinner with your family that night or talk to your um, loved ones on a Zoom call? And repeat what was said. Mm. That's often not 
an easy thing to do. No. And so that's what I'm trying to um, fix mm. and help people with. Yeah. yeah, I love that. I think you bring up a great point about memory and how we shouldn't rely on our memory. I think it's been proven tried and true. Like memory is not a reliable resource um, mm-hmm. because over time, you know, kind of like the further you get from that appointment, it becomes bended and molded into something else. And then all of a sudden you have something that the physician said, and then something that you think that the physician said, and they can be two very different things. Mm -hmm. And when we're talking about something that's as important as your health, don't really want these skewed, you know, data (laughs) points, you know, or um, diagnoses or, you know, or even action plans after the office visit. Like we want to be crystal clear. And I think, you know, in healthcare, the communication um, either before visit or after visit can be very, Uh. it's, it's broken. It's, I mean, much like the healthcare system from the administrative side that I see, I'm like, whoa, this is so inefficient. It's wild. But coming from the patient perspective, like how often have you had a smooth start to booking an appointment, having the appointment, the follow-up, getting the labs, X, Y, Z, like how often has that been smooth from start to finish? Probably zero for a lot of people. You know, something always goes wrong, unfortunately, along the way. So I think it's important to be able to navigate through that and not expect it, but know how to take action after your appointment. Absolutely. You, you, thank you for bringing that point uh, to light even further because when I teach, you, you've heard of FOMO, mm, fear of missing yeah. out. <laughs> That's the section of the conversation that I highlight, um, you know, because I also teach how to listen. How do you listen to a doctor? Yeah. I don't know. I'm shutting down. Everything's getting fuzzy. (laughs) I'm like, ah, I'm just waiting for some really bad words to come out. Right. So, so how do you really listen and how, how can you take notes? Um, so, right. This is what I heard. This is what it means. And now this is what I understand. Right. So just allowing yourself to be human before COVID, my first thing was you got to bring someone with you. Mm. And I think that we're returning to some, um, at least one other person that we can come with, but it changes the, the power dynamics. And I don't, I don't want to say that in a bad way with doctors, but it's just, we all know that white coat syndrome, right? You're, you get there and it's like, Oh, I can't remember anything. So so that's why I um, encourage, you know, women who, uh, if a friend's going to come with them, it doesn't have to be a medical person, just someone who's willing to take notes and, um, you know, and I can work with both of them so that they go in better prepared for each other if they're going to advocate for each other. Uh, because that's, that was my goal to teach self-advocacy. But getting back to the, the fear of missing out to your point that you illuminated, it is so true that while you're in that conversation, the way the conversation is progressing, right? You know how a conversation goes. You say something, then, oh yeah, I remember. And then you can't recapture that when you try and follow up. And often when you try and follow up, you can't get in touch with the doctor. So it's through the staff. And we all played that game as a kid telephone, right? So good people, right? Every, everybody means well, but sometimes it's just that little bit like, no, I don't think that's how the doctor said it. And then also within healthcare system, 
we have those, um, you know, we just go by position title and licensing and who can say what. And, you know, sometimes who answers the phone can't really expand on what was said. And so I, I do teach how to make those follow-up phone calls so that they're much more specific um, because that is that follow-up is a real F you. Yeah. And I, I hope I can say that here. Oh, of course. It's encouraging. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not. And, and that really, um, I learned that when my mom was sick and I was carrying, sitting at her side and I was like, holy smokes, I, I'm right here with her and I'm a nurse. And man, that follow-up, it was, it was really work. It was really work. And I just wanted my mom to rest. And her knowing that I was making phone calls or that I was getting upset, upset her. I was like, this is not a good thing. This is not the point of any of this. And so um, that's, you know, also another reason I started to dig in further to what exactly, where is the, the significant piece? And all of it led me to the patient physician conversation. Mm. And I, I think you bring up a great point of having someone there to navigate with you. Um, because I feel like when you're sitting in the chair as a patient, like it's just all coming at you and it's hard to one receive information about your health that may be less than ideal or that you think it's different than what it is. It can just be, there's just so much anxiety. Like I know, like it would be, it'd be right up to my ears of just like, what's going on? Just like, or they say one thing and you kind of get stuck on it and they're, the physician continues the conversation on. And it's like, you're still back here, but they're moving on. And it's just, you need someone there to absolutely have like a non-biased opinion of just like yes. a sponge who can filter it all in, maybe jot down some notes and just really be there not only for support, but just um, clarity. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I so appreciate when I can sit back and hear someone else say the significance of that. Um, it's just so soothing to me because I, I only come, um, as I said, I, I built my business. It's mission-based. It's built on compassion, patient safety, and health equity. And in order to get your best chance to live your best, healthiest life, um, we have to go back to that conversation and our attention. Where where are we putting our attention, right? If I'm there by myself, often, especially with surgical patients, you know, my last role as a nurse navigator, I worked with uh, spine surgery patients. So like your moms that you were talking about, these, they're like my heroes. They went everywhere. They had to go see specialists and have more tests and see another doctor and then get second opinions and then come back. And then there's the whole insurance thing. I mean, they really taught me. Uh, they really taught me um, how important um, and, and life-saving communication is too. But often what would happen is they would start listening to the surgeon and their mind's like already, because this kind of goes back to our trust thing. We're trusting the doctor. We're not hearing everything we should be listening to because our mind's already at what's what's it going to look like when I go home after the surgery? Mm. Do I need a hospital bed in the house? Am I going to be able to work? What am I going to be able to like um, care for myself? And so we 
we jump all over the place. And if we just put up some guardrails for patients to say, first, I'm going to talk to you this, talk to you about this, then we're going to move to this. And then it's, you can relax into it a little bit more knowing that you're going to hear it. But here's the other thing. I, I don't know many human beings that can hear something once and get it. <laughs> then, yeah. then you couple in, you know, the vulnerability piece um, and, and really what is retained when you leave. So um, that's why we really need to elevate, super elevate the conversation and honor it because to me, it's a sacred space. Mm. It's an absolute sacred space. And I always felt like, my nursing license gave me um, the opportunity to share in that sacred space, whether I worked with new moms and babies or I worked with um, patients and their families at the end of their lives. That was um, so many customs become involved in birth and death. And I just felt like it is, it's, it is a sacred space and I believe we should honor it. And I, I know we can do better. And so I'm choosing to work with women and um, help to guide their conversations. Over the last year, we've come to realize how important self-care truly is. And taking care of yourself is honestly easier than ever with a sutra. This female-owned brand stands for empowering active self-care that isn't selfish. At Asutra, they know that by taking care of yourself on purpose, you'll feel better both physically and mentally, allowing you to take on anything. All of their products are natural and safe and massive bonus here are made at an accessible price point. Plus, they use organic plants, minerals, and essential oils, never test on animals. Their products are all PETA certified and cruelty-free, and none of their products contain parabens, phthalates, or petroleum. I'm honestly obsessed with their products and I've been currently fixated on their Everyday Magnesium Lotion. This lotion makes replenishing your daily magnesium an easy part of your routine. With a lemongrass scent, it instantly makes you feel calm and relaxed. And for after runs and long workouts, I love their Melt Pain Away. This is a magnesium body butter that has capsaicin in it, which is a natural pain relief cream. Mm, it's so dreamy and ugh, I'm obsessed. After a session on my mat, I love to use their Yoga Mat Detox Spray. It's an all-natural cleanser that can be used on other gym equipment too, so not just your mat, but whatever equipment you've been using, and we know that we love to be sanitary. It's so versatile and comes in a variety of scents. My personal favorites are the lavender and the peppermint sprays. Mm, they are dreamy. I'm excited to have partnered with this brand because it is literally so aligned with Life Simplified, my health and wellness brand, and the Master It podcast. So I've got an exclusive discount for my listeners. Use the code Allie15 at checkout for 15% off your order. That's A-L-I-1-5 for 15% off your order. Link is in the show notes to shop now at asutra.com. So when we are trying to select someone to bring to the appointment, is there someone who is better than the other? Like, how should we make this decision of 
oh, this person would be great to bring to my appointment to help navigate and help, um, you know, kind of get through this, um, you know, appointment. Is there someone that's better than the other? Like, should we bring our spouse? Maybe that's not a good idea. Should it be a friend? Where does that sit with you? That's such a wonderful question. Because again, that comes back to the individual and your comfort level. So number one, I'd like to say that in more recent years, there's more private advocates now as well. So that's a growing trend, as is concierge doctor services. So there is an understanding that there's, it's busier and more complicated. And so there is that need. So I did, I did want to mention that. But for my purposes, I wanted to dramatically educate as many women as possible, uh, dramatically, uh, because I really, I want to create a momentum and make change. So that was my reason for stepping out as a coach, as, a, as opposed to um, individual uh, private advocate. But just so that you're, the audience knows that that is available. But in choosing, here's what I have to say, many women uh, identify as, oh, I'm the one that, you know, family comes to, to help them with the doctor. Um, And so that's fine if there is somebody in your family that um, is willing to do that, because there's people that don't want to do that. They don't like going to the doctor either. And they're just, I don't know that I can be that for you. So um, your comfort zone is, I have women who tell me I don't need to learn how to advocate for myself. I just go in there and tell the doctor what I want, or I just tell the doctor whatever my insurance pays for, that's what I want. And if, you know, if that works for them and that's how they see themselves as advocating in their best interest, then that that's their comfort level and that's working for them. But for someone who really is like, you know what, I'd like to bring someone with me. It's about who you're comfortable with. It's not their skill set as much as it's their heart. Mm. So can you find somebody that to be in it with you? Someone that doesn't need, like I said earlier, the medical knowledge, but somebody that can say, I will sit there and, you know, that first of all, that you're comfortable with them listening to the conversation and that also that you can tell them um, how you would like them to take notes. And, you know, and then you have uh, your own plan. Does, does the person you're bringing ever speak, you know, or are you going to say, I prefer for you to speak? So um, just some guidelines around how to bring an advocate. You know, it's interesting. Now, I've said many times, when I started as a nurse navigator, many people inside healthcare systems said, what's a navigator? And I had patients um, that were doctors and nurses that said, right, what's a navigator? So sometimes when you bring someone who is the advocate, um, it, there's this idea that something's lacking, right? Why do you, why do you need to bring somebody, we, right? It goes back to my original, oh, we do a great job here. <laughs> why, why do you need someone else? So uh, there's all these different ideas of why someone's with you. And what I want to tell anyone listening, it is about you. Because ultimately, no disrespect to the doctor or staff, you are the most important person in the room. You are the most important person in the room. So whoever makes you feel comfortable, um, you know, most people wouldn't want um, 
wouldn't want someone maybe um, who is going to um, be more assertive with the doctor or uh, speak loudly. Um, that's, that's not advocating necessarily, but that's sometimes what we move people to do. That's how they take action when there's nothing else, when we've disappointed, when we've let them down, when we've scared them, when we've seemed to uh, not care, right? That's how we all get as human beings, especially for our loved ones. So it's, it is about who you feel comfortable with and how you um, talk and plan together about going in together. Because so much of what I teach is about understanding you, setting expectations, your perceptions, how you'd like the conversation to go, right? What is your dream conversation? What would that look like? For me, I'd be in a spa setting. I'd be sipping some tea. <laughs> and then when I'm relaxed, then maybe the doctor comes in and has someone with them who, you know, is recording everything for me, for my purposes, not for the electronic, electronic medical record, right? So um, that's, that's how I want um, you to go. However, it's important, however you can imagine this to feel like. Mm, I love that. I think that people forget that they are the most important one um, in the room. So it's like sometimes we conform to what the physician wants and how they're running the show and X, Y, or Z. Because I mean, if you've been around enough physicians, like you know how they work, how they run their mannerisms, like they're very clockwork people. Like that's just how they are. Like I remember physicians would show up two minutes before their first appointment. I'm just like, that stresses me out. I don't know how you do it, but it's just like, it's their thing. Like they're in their groove. They know what they're doing, Mm -hmm. which also means they run their office visits in a very similar fashion. Yes. So being able to show up and feel comfortable and ask for what you need and have the appointment go in a way that makes you feel comfortable too is huge. I feel like you've got to kind of meet in the middle. Like, everyone's got to meet halfway. Um, so I think you've brought up some really amazing points. Um, I love everything that we've talked about. Talk like Twitter, uh, you know, <laughs> having a framework going in for really clear and concise, um, you know, delivery of why you're there. I think that's super important. Um, you know, what to bring, how to show up to an appointment. Um, is there anything else that you want to add in that we may have missed? One thing I, I uh, may have said earlier, but I want to make a point of it again in case I did miss it was your story between the last time you saw the doctor and now is only bookmark in the electronic medical record. The doctor doesn't know anything that's happened to you. Of course, minus if you had made a phone call or something like that, but the doctor wouldn't know what's been going on with you since the last time you were in. So um, relying on the records in the electronic medical record is, look, doctors can save your life. If all of a sudden you stop breathing and your heart stops, they could save your life. But to think that they can manage through the electronic medical record to get all your information and figure out, you know, where you left off and what's going on now in those tender moments in the beginning um, is really uh, important for you to know 
that it's important for you to, to not rely on thinking that everything's in there that they need to know. It doesn't, it takes time to pull that up and nobody's got time. So you really have to manage your appointment time with your doctor well. And it serves you well because you need to repeat that information wherever you go after that. But in that being said, please, if you have an allergy, please say you have an allergy each time. Hi, I told you how to open and those things. Yes, I'd like to make a special point of saying, I want to remind you I have an allergy. It's, It's in there, but you want to call it to mind each time because everybody's busy. Things happen and um, you want to be as safe as possible. So um, that is definitely uh, worth saying, Mm. whether you say it at the beginning or the end, because a lot of times it's like, I'm going to order you something and we'll send it to your pharmacy. So just, um, just, you know, this is not me coming saying that we're not safe it's not me coming it's it's building an understanding in the most compassionate way for the work that everyone's trying to do and the the work of the the patient to get themselves better so how how are we really clear at identifying what is so important to know about us and why we need to know it and why we need to say it and after a while, you'll say it, you'll feel uncomfortable at first, but after a while, and you know, at a time that you need it, where maybe the, comp- the conversation with the doctor is really um, tense, you'll, you'll appreciate even more having that structure to where you just know how to speak up for yourself in a way that brings positivity and gets you results and doesn't waste energy, you know, trying to figure out what I didn't say right or what I think I missed, right? It's very clarifying and that's empowering. I love that. Yeah, I laugh at the allergy thing because I don't know how many times I have been sitting there at the doctor's office, you know, all the scripts are sent in electronically now and they've sent something in they tell me what it is I'm like no I'm allergic to that and I'm just like oh ding like I never mentioned that even though there's like a tab for allergies or you know there's a section for it like they're not always like that's not top of mind necessarily they're just like oh you have this going on let me prescribe x you know it's a very Mm -hmm. like cut and paste, um, you know, reaction for them so just being able to remind them off the top of your head like oh yeah and Allergies are right. X, Y, and Z. Um, so I think that's a really great point because then my mind races to the administrative side of like, okay, now an admin has to call over, cancel the script. We've got to send a new one in. Like, it's just, it makes healthcare run so inefficiently, but you could have nipped it at the beginning yes. just by saying yes. like, allergies are X, Y, and Z. Yeah. You're, you're <laughs> you know, sometimes when I think on, what I have to share and um, to teach is is um, too basic. I think we're so far from what is basic and getting back to my original, the surety that we think people know, but we don't. 
And so that's, that's really what I want to change is bringing those basics first to light. And, and then we can build from there. And so you having those experiences with everything that I mentioned, you know, makes me feel, um, sometimes I, I get a little bit cautious because I don't want to offend those that work in healthcare. They're, I marvel at what they do. And I, I know that they're trying so hard, but my goal is to really prevent problems. Yeah. So, and teaching what to look for and how to partner with your doctor, right? So that's the goal. Um, Makes me feel better about um, the voice that I'm putting out there because it's not not meant to be negative. It's meant to be empowering to both uh, doctor and patient and that relationship. Yeah. And I think you bring up one really, really, really great point of how it might be uncomfortable at the beginning to use this template or whatever, but I think anything's uncomfortable to begin with. Like let's, for example, we're talking a lot about women. First time you get a pap, very uncomfortable. But then from there on out, you're like, it's no big deal. Like you just go and do it and it becomes routine and natural. So I think having these conversations with a template and a guideline and how to follow it can, you know, feel uncomfortable at first, but then it becomes very efficient down the road. Once you've practiced it a few times and have that conversation a few times, it becomes easier. Right. Like in, in test taking, right? Sometimes some of the most brilliant minds don't do well on tests because all of a sudden like a test gets put in front of them, right? And so like, that's like probably the closest you can somewhat say (laughs) you might get to, you know, sitting in that doctor's office and going like, oh, what's coming for me? That blankness, that feeling frozen, nothing's going on in my mind. But if you've done the prep work, beforehand and you have something that's on paper for you to refer to. I say on paper because not so much that it's being um, an old school versus notes on your phone, however you want to work, but there is that um, visualization for a doctor to be able to take that piece of paper and look. <laughs> Boom. Yep. Yeah. I love so that. That really helps tell your story mm. um, visually. And that that um, that really saves time too. I don't, I don't want to make this all about saving time, but it's how to use time the most wisely. Yeah. Mm, I love that. Wow. This has been a really fun conversation. Um, I'm curious, where can we connect with you if we would like to get in contact to ask you more questions? Um, just feel free to plug away where we can. And just, um, I'm, I welcome uh, anyone to contact me at any time. Know that as much as I am an evolving human being, uh, my business is evolving um, from listening to more and more women and as I work with women. Uh, So right now you can reach me. uh, My email is kathy at kathyfalco.com and my website is kathyfalco.com. Thank you so much. This has been a pleasure to chat with you, learn more about what you do. I'm so excited to watch your business just take off because I think this is an area of massive opportunity for, you know, women to just feel really confident stepping into any medical office and know that they're using their visit wisely and getting the most from it. So I'm so excited for you. 
Thank you for honoring all of the women who seek to really take great care of themselves and reach their highest level of health and giving me a space to um, share my work with you and them. Thank you. Mm. Ah, my pleasure. I love doing it. <laughs> Thank you.